0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Tonight, let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, and we'll start there. I I want to talk tonight, and you'll understand more as we go along, but I'm going to talk tonight about, uh, this is the title of the message, Bringing Jesus on the scene. All right. Bringing Him on the scene. Um, several years ago, Phyllis and I were involved in a wreck. I had a fairly new truck. It only had 4,500 miles on it. And we got hit, and it knocked us over in to the bean field on our side, you know, and towed the truck out. And... Um, People showed up on the scene. I mean, the police showed up, the uh, fire people showed up. the EMS people showed up, and um, you know they were checking us out because it looked a lot worse than it was. you know when you see a truck over it rolled over on the side in a bean field, it looks like something bad happened there, and uh, but we weren 't really hurt you know other than bruised you know from the seatbelt. But, you know, then I remember, you know, they checked us all out. They got us out of there. Somebody came and got us out, you know, of the truck. And, and, um, and they got, we were out, and they were checking me out. And I, I remember one of the things the EMS person said to me. They said, your blood pressure is high. I thought, okay, roll your truck in a bean field, your brand new truck. I mean, 4,500 miles, and see if it doesn't elevate yours a little bit. But we weren't shaken. We we had, some friends picked us up, and we went to Los Bravos to eat after that. So we weren't shaken. But there was a lot of people showed up on the scene, you know. Well, I don't know about you, but when I have something going on in my life, I, I want Jesus to show up on the scene. Amen. That's who I want to show up. And you know, I'm convinced He helped us in this wreck. You know, we didn't we didn't get hurt. You know, we just uh, walked away from it, you know, and uh, went and had went with some friends, like I said, went out to eat and, and played phase 10 the rest of the night. So we were, we were fine, you know, it's like, because I'm not attached to physical things. I really am not. You know, I like things, and you may think I am. By the way, I keep my vehicles and all. You may think, man, he's really attached. I'm not really attached to things, really. Things, you know, I, I know you can get them again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So I'm not attached to things. It didn't really bother me, you know. I mean, it's like, hey, I'll get another one. It's fine. But when things, you know, happen in our life, we need Jesus to show up on the scene. And I want to talk to you about that. And I have a lot to talk about tonight, so I'm not quite sure I'm going to get done tonight. We'll just have to see, because I have several things, scriptures I want to look at tonight. And just show you there is a way to bring Jesus on the scene. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 6, the Bible says that the righteousness which is of faith, it speaks on this wiser in this way. Say not in your heart. It doesn't say this, okay? This is what it doesn't say. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? or the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. In other words, the righteousness with the faith doesn't say who's going to bring Jesus down to help us, who's going to bring him up to help us. In other words, who's going to physically bring Jesus on the scene to help us? He says in verse 8, but what does it say? What saith it? What does it say? The word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart, That is the word of faith which we preach. The Apostle Paul simply saying, help is as close as in your heart and in your mouth. I said help is as close as in your heart and in your mouth. That if you, verse 9, shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him uh, shall not be ashamed or disappointed. I mean, if you truly believe, you're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to be disappointed. You know, uh, I preached a message. I can't remember what it was titled, but, uh, but I talked about how if things don't come to pass, there can be reasons. Number one, you really didn't believe it. Number two, you didn't say it. Number three, you're trying to believe for something the Word doesn't promise you. Number four, there could be unforgiveness in your life. So there could be reasons why. So, but if you really believe God, you know, you're not going to be disappointed. Right. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. Notice verse 13. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how do you call upon the name of the Lord? Confession is made unto salvation. He just told us that. So we call on the name of the Lord by confession. In other words, Paul simply said this in this passage, if you want to break it down. He simply said that that righteousness which is by faith, it doesn't say who's going to physically bring Jesus on the scene. Who's going to bring Him down from heaven? Who's going to bring Him up from the deep? But righteousness which by faith understands that your heart and your mouth bring Jesus on the scene. That is so important. That is so important. Now, I want you to look, I'm, like I said, there, I don't know how many of these scriptures we're going to go to, okay? but, but it, we'll see. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3 because I want you to see a scripture. Matter of fact, we're going to look at uh, a few scriptures in Hebrews tonight if we have the time. Hebrews chapter 3. I love the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a rich book. Amen. 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 You need to read it if you haven't. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the or uh, focus on the apostle and the high priest of our profession or confession, we would say today, Christ Jesus. Now notice, he calls him the apostle and the high priest of, of our confession. In other words, apostle means he, was, he, he laid the foundation of it. He was the forerunner. He, he brought all these things to us, but he's the high priest of it. Yeah. Now what does that mean? That means that he watches over our confession. You know, that the high priest, he he ministered sacrifices to God, didn't he? Yeah. Well, the sacrifices, and we'll see this in a little bit, the sacrifices that Jesus ministers to our Father is what we say with our mouths. Amen. I'm going to show you some more about this, but, but I want to talk about this just a little bit. You know, uh, Jesus, in other words, Paul is saying our high priest comes on the scene when we confess. When we confess. Look, what if you didn't confess him as, 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 uh, as, your, as your Savior? Would he be able to minister salvation to you? No, the Bible says, come on, are y'all gonna help me tonight or all right. Just check it. So what if we what if we didn't confess him as Savior? Would we be saved? What if we what if we don't confess him as our healer? Are we gonna be healed? No, we won't be healed. Why? Because confession's made unto salvation. Amen. And so listen. You have to understand something that 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 we we don't go we don't how I many know we don't go by tradition we go by the word, amen. So so we have to understand that uh, uh, our high priest he, he, what he does is, as a high priest you know a high priest he offers things to God on behalf of people, and our high priest offers our confession, and he administers back to us. What we confess. I mean, the Bible says Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Amen. What does that mean? He's the one that, in, in slang way, he dishes it out. He's the one that does it. Amen. He's, he's, he oversees it, you know. He oversees it. He probate. He's the only person that ever died and rose from the dead to probate his own will. But he did. Nobody else has done that. But he has. Amen. Now, in Hebrews, go with me to uh, the 13th chapter. Like I said, I'm going to look at a few passages here in Hebrews. And uh, we'll probably look at a lot of Scripture tonight. But We'll just see. Hebrews 13. We may have already looked at more than we do sometimes, but we're going to look at several. I've got a few here in Hebrews that I want us to look at. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible says, "...let your conversation be without covetousness, or your conduct, and be content with such things as you have." For he has said, I will never leave you, you nor know, forsake you. Now let me say what he's not saying. He's not saying that God will, you know, God doesn't want you to have more. That's not what he's saying. Remember, you know, Paul made a statement one time. It gets really, it gets taken out of context. He said, I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Now he didn't say I'm content to stay here. He said, I'm content on no matter whether I've got abundance or I've got lack. I'm, I'm still the same. I'm the same Paul. Right? In other words, if you saw Paul at church and he was going through some trying times, he'd still be the same Paul. His countenance would look the same. His praise would be the same. His joy would be the same. Amen? I mean, there are some believers... I mean, I've been. I have to look at faces. You don't. Well, you do, but... You know, but I see, you know, nobody here tonight. (laughs) But just over the years, I've observed certain certain people. I can always tell when they're going through a hard time. I can see it on their face. But Paul wasn't like that. He said, whatever state I'm in, I'm content. It doesn't change me whether I abound or I'm abased. I'm not changing. And you want to say, because my God meets my need according to His riches and glory. In other words, I may be in a place of abasement right now. Not a basement, abasement. I may be there right now, but I'm not staying there. I'm coming out of this. My God is going to do something about this. I may be in a place of testing right now, but I'm not staying here. I'm coming out of this. And so... He, he was the same. And, and see, I think that's really what God is looking for out of His people. And I think that's what happens when you get mature, is you just learn, you know, the, 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 the book of Romans says that uh, tribulation produces patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. That's the way the King James says it, and it says it about as right as any of them. When it uses the word experience. Some of them try to make that more understandable, and they really mess it up. The word, In other words, when you get experience at this... You you have hope because you already know how it's going to turn out, amen. Right. Amen? amen. You know, uh, you know. I, when you first, you know, I, I my uncle he's in heaven now, but he preached some, and uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I, mom told me about the the first time he preached, he got stuck. He got up to preach and he got stuck. He froze, and the pastor came and hit him on the back and got him going again. (laughs) That's not an experienced preacher. Nobody had to hit me on the back to get me going again. You may have to hit me on the back to stop me, but not get me going. I had the Lord stop me one night. You know, sometimes the Lord's done and I'm not. And I was preaching away one night. Now, you may think this is funny. You may think that I, I don't believe this. But I, went, I was preaching was years ago. I was preaching away. I've preaching, been preaching, preaching, preaching. And I was preaching going. And I, I was just going. I was having a good time. But the Lord was done. But I wasn't done. And I heard this in my spirit. Let my people go. <laughs> I will never forget that. Let my people go. Only God could come up with something that funny. Let my people go. So I let him go. (laughs) But I want you to know, he he's simply saying that don't don't always be coveting things and desire. Just just have a happy life and let God take care of it. Now notice what he said. He said, For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say. Everybody say boldly say. say. What does boldly mean? That means you say it boldly. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I want you to put this together. He has said, so we may say. Yeah. Right. He has said, yeah. so we may say. Right. If he said it, we may say it. Right. Yeah. Now, the the actual, listen to this, and I, we've taught on this before. I think Pastor Chuck's taught it, probably Pastor Jerry has too, but... It's just good to hear it again. The actual word for confession in the New Testament is the word homo legeo. Homo legeo. Homo means the same. Legeo means to speak. So when you put it together, when the Bible says he's the high priest of our confession, it means he's the high priest of us saying the same thing that he says. Hallelujah. What he has said, he's high priest of us saying the same thing, homo You can look all these words up. This word also means to assent, you know, like agree with something, assent to it. It means to uh, covenant. It means to acknowledge. It means to promise. When you put it all together, it also means to assent to the covenant, to agree with the covenant. It also means to acknowledge the promise. So when we acknowledge the promise of God, Jesus has something to work with. He can come on the scene and do something. Hallelujah. Listen, I know this is better preaching than you're saying amen, but I know that. Even if I, like they say, even if I cooked it myself. Now, well, you're a tough crowd. I'm telling you, you're a tough crowd tonight. I don't know. Dear Jesus, help me. Now, notice this, <laughs> verse 15, there in 13, chapter 13, he says, By him, by who? By Jesus, by our high priest. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice to praise of, God, to, of praise to God continually. How many think that we probably don't do it enough? Right. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now, here's an interesting thing here now, where the Bible, the King James says, giving thanks, that's two words, okay? Most translations say something similar to that, okay? Giving thanks. But in the Greek, it's just one word. It's just one word. And guess what word it is? It's the word homo legale, confession. So this could literally... Be translated, not doing it injustice to the Greek scriptures, which are the originals. Amen. Confessing, that is the fruit of our lips, confessing to His name. Confessing to His name. Now, the King James translators and others followed suit, decided to put thanks in there because it's talking about giving praise. And there's nothing wrong with that, because that word can mean that. It could mean that. So there's nothing really wrong with that. But I just wanted you to see, it's the same exact word for confession. So it's ta- and, and when you look at my cross-reference in this Cambridge Bible, it says, confessing thanks to His name. In other words, by Him, by Him, let us offer the sacrifice, by our high priest, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, confessing to His name. When we confess to His name, our high priest takes that before our Father. And I, and I don't want you to turn to scripture, you can write it down if you want to, but Isaiah 17, or excuse me, 57:19, God said, "I create the fruit of the lips. I create it." What is he saying? I cause it to come to pass, the fruit of your lips." what you say. Now you understand, we have to go back to this because if you don't, people get off, but you have to go back to the word homologeio, which actually means to say the same thing. Right. So he doesn't create what we say and make up. He creates what he said that we repeat. Right. See, there's a scripture and I, don't, I haven't taught in a long time, but there's a scripture Isaiah 62:11 says this God has spoken once, twice have I heard that power belongs to the Lord. God said it once, but I heard it twice. That's what David said. Well, what was the second way? He heard it when he said it. He heard it when God said it. He heard it when he said it. He has said so that we may boldly say. So whatever he said, we're supposed to say the same thing. We're supposed to say the same thing. That is what gives our high priest something to work with on our behalf. God stopped just accepting anything... You know, see, people say, what does God do with all those prayers of unbelief? He doesn't hear them. The Bible says, if we know that he hears us. And then how do we know if he hears us? If we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. So he's not just hearing all this. Unbelief doesn't get into heaven. How many can believe that? Our high priest is not going to administer that kind of sacrifice to the Father. It's got to be something in faith. It's got to be what God has said. Hallelujah. There's nothing more powerful than to repeat the Word of God. Many, many, many years ago we had a lady in our area and she came by and spoke and uh, she had actually uh, had had, uh, what is it, uh, a busted, uh, a ruptured appendix Poisoned her body, put her in a hospital, put her in a coma. You remember her? She died, didn't she? She actually, she actually did die. and Came back, but she, she said something was real eye-opening in, in her testimony. She said that, uh, she said, even though she was in a coma, she could still hear people what they were saying in her room. She said her family, I believe it was her family, came in and they're talking about how bad she was and about how she was not going to make it, which in the natural, she wasn't, but God. Hallelujah. But she said they even, they even were planning her funeral in her hospital room when she's hearing it. She said, she said it would be like a dark darkness would descend on me. A, a dark cloud would come over me. She said, but then there would uh, be a Pentecostal preacher come in there. And he'd get his Bible out and read it to her. She said, it was just like light came to me. Light came to me. And he read the scriptures and lifted her up. And you may have to help me with this, hon. I don't know that I remember. It's been a while since I've, since this happened. But... I believe he read the scripture to her. I am the resurrection and the life. And that went off on her and she came back. Hallelujah. And was healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lady said, she told a pastor, pastor in Michigan, she told her pastor, she said, I went in for a minor surgery, pastor. And he said, they, they hit something in there that they should have hit. Artery something, I don't remember. But she says, I'm on this operating table. And she says, I, I, I hear them. She said, I don't understand what kind of surgery it was, but she wasn't like totally out. But yet she was loopy. You know what loopy means? Look at your neighbor. and That's loopy. Just say, hello, loopy. <laughs> she was loopy. And she said, I, I, she said, it was like they were off a ways. You know, I couldn't, they couldn't make it out plain. She said, but I heard them say we're losing her. She said, I knew I was dying. She said, when I, when I heard that, she said, I heard my pastor preaching and he preached, and, he, and and I think it was the scripture, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. She said, when I heard that in my head, inside of me, she said, all of a sudden I heard the doctor say, she's coming back. She's coming around. I thought, what if she hadn't heard her pastor preach? What if she didn't have the word in her? Amen. See... You, there, there was something she could agree with there because she knew something, see. See, that's what confession is. You know, we, we've, we went through the confession thing in the, in, the, you know, in the 80s and all and so forth, in the 90s, and you know some things got out of hand. People were confessing for things. The Bible doesn't even promise them. But if God said it, I said, if God said it, we're supposed to say the same thing. We're supposed to agree with Him. And then our high priest can minister something to the Father on our behalf. So here's what they're saying. I, uh, I want you to go. Uh, we're in Hebrews. We're, we're just kind of hanging around Hebrews here. But I want you to go to Hebrews 10. I want you to go there. Go there. Hebrews chapter 10. It's so important, especially the first thing you say when trouble hits. It's real important to say what God said. Right, right. You know, trouble hits us all, right? Being, being a person of faith doesn't, doesn't exempt you from trouble. It just, it just causes you to, to, to overcome. Right, right. Faith's our victory, amen? Right. Now, in Hebrews 10, look at verse 19, the Bible says, uh, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, how many of you know that None of us have physically been in the Holy of Holies. But says that we can go in there. See, well, Christ, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 6, 20, Christ, our high priest, is, he's in there. He's entered in there on our behalf. He's the forerunner. Uh, he represents us before God. This is throughout Hebrews where it talks about him being our high priest. He's in the Holy of Holies. He's representing us before God. He's making intercession for us, etc., uh, etc. Et so... I've come to the conclusion, and I believe it's right, we don't physically, like physically, go into the Holy of Holies with our physical self. But I'll tell you what does go in there our words go in there. Whether well, those are words of faith, words of worship, words of praise, they go into that place if they're in faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, notice this. He says, by a, by a new and living way, which he's consecrated for us through his fell, that is to say, his flesh. That's simply saying Jesus' flesh was rent so that we could have access. See, he gave his flesh on our behalf. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. There's a lot of teaching there, but we don't have time for that today. But then he goes on, verse 23 says, let us, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, or some say our hope, uh, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen. Now the Lord showed it to me like this. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 12 says, A threefold cord's not quickly broken. The Lord showed me this years ago, way back in the 1980s. He said, you have a threefold cord. And he said, it's, it's, it's not easily broken. Matter of fact, it can't be broken. He said, in the Holy of Holies, my, the blood of Jesus is there. And how many of the Bible says it's speaking? Right. Hebrews 12. All throughout, Hebrews is such a rich book. Hebrews says the blood of Jesus speaks better things. So his blood is speaking in the Holy of Holies. Then... We have a high priest. Let me show you how this works. The blood says we're healed. The high priest says we're healed. Now, if we're going to make it a threefold cord, our words have to go in there and say, Father, I believe I'm healed. That seals the deal. And God's able. Jesus is able to minister to us that covenant. See, He's the administrator of the covenant but we have to make the connection to bring Him on the scene. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of churches, this is, just, you know, they, this is just way over beyond what they teach. It's like to them, it's like it's all up to God. Well, honey, if it was all up to God, we'd be living a lot better than we are. <laughs> Amen. I wish God was totally in control of my life. I wouldn't be 31 and a half pounds overweight. It was bugging me on the way to church. I said, man, my jacket's tight. Unbutton it. I thought, you're the only one that can do anything about it, you know? Your wife can't fast for you. Pastor Jerry certainly ain't going to fast for you. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) going to fast for you. You have to do it. You have to do it yourself, see? And and this this theology that's that's so prevalent in the church, you know, if God wants me to have it, I will have it. Honey, God wants you to have it. But Jesus said, the thief cometh but to kill, steal, and destroy. See, it's not... It's, God's not the, God is not the factor here. And that's like... what would And most of those people that just think about it for a minute would realize this, is, this has got to be the truth because what would you say to somebody out on the street that you witnessed to and they said, well, if God wants me saved, I'll be saved. You know good and well the most denominations that believe in salvation, the ones that are left to do... You know, they're not going to go for that. They're going to say, no, you have to accept it. You have to do what Paul said. Well, that's exactly right. You have to do what the Bible said. You have to accept what God has done. You have to do what he said. And one of the things he said is confess. Boldly say. Hallelujah. So it's not this, I, I wish it was that way sometimes, but that's not the way God's chosen to do it. It's all ours. He gave it all to us. It all belongs to us. But most of us, you know, we have technology in our house that we don't even know how to use. Amen. I've got technology in my truck. I don't even—I haven't even figured out how to use it. I keep meaning to read the manual, and I've had it since 2018. Haven't done it yet. You know, I mean, there's things I could be doing with this. I—I mean, I know how to drive it and get it here, but you know what I'm talking about. Through the computer stuff on it you know yeah. and so there's things that you, you know with with my computer with my iPad with my phone I, I you know there's things that people will show me occasionally one guy was telling me something I think my venue brother Jason was telling me something I could do with my phone yesterday something about you could yeah you could silence calls that you aren't on your contact list I didn't know that I know how to silence every call I do that sometimes. You know what? Because I don't want to awakened at, at 2 in the morning You know, from a junk phone call. Just, my phone went off real early the other day, and, and, and I had it turned off, but I noticed it, something would happen. Somebody wanted to come fix my leaking toilet, I don't have a leaking toilet. <laughs> so I don't want you awakened by that. So I didn't know all this. But there's all kinds of things, see, people in our Bible that we haven't learned yet. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. See, people think they know so much. And the best of us know so little right. as what's available to us. I was telling Phyllis there's a very famous minister who I'll leave unnamed. If I named him, you know him. Most of you probably would if I named his name. He's a very famous, has written a lot of books, does a lot. Of, Phyllis said, oh, I see his name out lot on uh, cards, mm-hmm. greeting cards. And, uh, you know, he's been a... Uh, I don't, I don't believe tongues are for today, type guy. But I was reading this thing about him, and uh, he read in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to desire spiritual gifts. So he said, I just went to God, and said, Now, you know, I may have all the gifts that, you know, I'm supposed to have when I got born again, and then maybe not. He said, so I began praying about. Well, is there more spiritual gifts you want me to have? He said, I did that for about two weeks. And he said, then I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> yeah, there's more in there you didn't know about, brother. I don't know what that's going to do to his ministry now, you know, because he's really well accepted in the non-speaking tongue Christian community. Okay, <laughs> you know, this part over here that doesn't speak in tongues, you know, like like there's going to be two places in heaven. <laughs> it's like one guy said, all oh, the Pentecostals are going up if they don't run past it. <laughs> but I'll tell you something, there's a lot in there that we don't know. and And to think that God you know, is just dictating everything that we have or we don't have is utter nonsense. It's utter nonsense. He wants everybody to be saved. It's His will. He said in His Word, it's His will that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. He hasn't just picked a few out. Not just a handful. He wants them all saved. If He had His way... Everybody in Evansville will be saved tonight. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would solve the world's problems. Listen to me. Getting rid of guns is not going to solve the world's problems. You can trade a gun for a baseball bat. You say, well, you can't do as much damage with a baseball But I understand that, but I'm saying that's not the problem. The problem is people's hearts. The problem is the devil. Amen. Amen. Well, we just, we just need more of this. We didn't, no, what we need is more of God. Get people born again. An old preacher said one time, he said, if you want to save America, get America saved. That's the only way you're going to save America. That's it. If you think the Republicans are going to save America, you've got another thing coming. And, you, and, and certainly, I hope you don't think the Democrats are going to. Pardon me for being political, but I'm not really being political. I'm just trying to be, differentiate between evil and good. And it's pretty plain right now who's evil and who's good. It's just the way it is. And I don't mean all Republicans are good either. But I'm just simply saying they're not the answer. You've got to get people born again. Now, don't misunderstand me. I want them in more than I do the other group. But I'm just saying they're not going to, they're not the fix to everything. People's hearts have to be changed. Amen. I've looked at this long enough to know. Been through a lot of different presidents. Some I like, some I didn't like. But they didn't change America a whole lot. I mean, while they were in there, they changed some policies and things, which was great. But once they're out, then we're back where we were because people have to be born again. You want to save America? Get America saved. That's your neighborhood. That's your influence. Isn't that right? Well, we're going to have these these big crusades throughout America. Well, thank God for that. Uh, That's great. But that's not not the Bible. That's not just the one Bible way. Philip went to Samaria, yes. But the Bible says we're to be witnesses in our Jerusalem, our Samaria. Amen. Where we're at. That's how it, this works. People got to the, get their hearts changed. Amen. So this idea that, back to this. Sorry for getting political. Y'all all right? Breathe a little bit. But the truth of it is, I mean, you know, the lines are drawn pretty clear who supports on God's side and who's not. Right. I don't care what your title is. R. I just want to know what you believe. And I haven't said anything wrong. I mean, go to the websites. They tell you on their platform what they believe. This isn't rocket science. All you got to do is read it. Does this agree with the Bible? No. Does this agree with the Bible? Well, most of it does. Okay, I'll vote for you. It's just that simple. Yet today, and I won't name them, we got some very popular preachers that you watch on TV that support candidates that support abortion. We have a problem, Houston. We've got to get on the Lord's side. All right, back to the message. Praise the Lord, everybody. Now, notice notice this. We were in we were there in Hebrews. Notice that he Notice the words. Just look at this now. I want, you to, I want you to notice these in your Bible. You can mark them if you want to. Verse 19, the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, a high priest. Verse 23, your confession. There it is. That's what's in the Holy of Holies. That's what's there. Now, <laughs> come on, are you, all, are you all still breathing out there? Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, go there, because I want you to see this, and then we may look at another scripture or two. Hebrews chapter 4. Go there. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, because I want to. There's just one one verse I want to read. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. The Bible says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. How many know who that is? How is that? Jesus. That is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, or our profession. So what, what does he say? He said, since we have a high priest that's in the heavens, hang on to your confession. Yeah. What's he saying? Since we've got somebody working up there on our behalf, hang on. Right. Hang on. Right. Hang on. Right. Because somebody's working on your behalf. Yeah. But what if we let go? We stop his ministry. Amen. Now, you know, this this isn't deep. You've heard it before. When somebody tells you to hold on, what does that usually mean? That means you could let go. You know, I'm not a water skier. You know, never was into that. But one time I went with somebody, water skiing. I'd, I'd never... Gone before, you know. So they told me what to do. They said, Hold on to the rope. You know what I'm saying? I did find out there was a time to let go of the rope. But hold on tight, let the boat do the work. Well, what, is, what does it mean? Well, it means there's going to be opportunity to let go. Now, what causes us to let go? Time. Time. If it doesn't come to pass immediately, you're going to have to hold on, right? Right? I mean, I was just talking to the Lord just just today about some things that that I've been holding on to for a while. I'm like, I've been holding on to this for a while, you know. But guess what? If it's the truth, hold on to it. Amen. I've been holding on to the fact the Lord's coming back. I mean, believe He's coming back? He's not back yet, but I'm still holding on to that promise. One day He's going to, you know. Whether that's my lifetime or not, I believe it will be. But whether it is or not, you know, I thought you'd be back before now. But I'm still holding on. I still believe in the rapture of the church. Guess, guess what? I still believe in the pre-trib rapture of the church. That's, a, that's becoming more and more rare, you know. People want to go through the tribulation. I don't know why. I mean, they fight you for it, you know. I'm going through the tribulation. Like Dr. Barker told a guy in his church, no, you're not. You can't even make it to church now. You won't make it in the tribulation. Yeah, I don't know why, why people fight for that. I, I don't know. The, the Bible is, I think, pretty plain. There's two, two comings of Jesus one in the clouds and one where he puts his feet on the earth, you know. So I'm going to be a part of both of them. Hallelujah. Amen. So anyway, it doesn't matter whether you believe that or not. You know, I mean, y- you can believe whatever you want to believe, but it doesn't matter. You're just going to be late to the party. That's all. There are some Christians I think will be late for the rapture. All right. Hebrews, uh, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Go to Numbers 20. Go there. Did you get anything tonight? Numbers 20. <laughs> Numbers 20. Here is a real interesting scripture, Numbers 20, and I want to read this to you. I know we looked at a lot of scriptures, but I hope you, I hope you got something out of those. Yeah. Numbers 20, go there, and verse 7. The Bible says, <clears throat> "The Lord's, uh, have you found it? Let me ask you that first. Amen. All right, Verse 7, the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, take the rod, gather thou the assembly together, you, Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock. Notice this, speak to the rock. Before their eyes it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. Now Paul said, Corinthians, he said that that rock that followed them was Christ. It was Christ. Can you explain that, Pastor? It just w- says what it means. It was Christ. And I told Phyllis, I said, you know, I, I did some study on this because I wanted to... How did that rock follow them? That's strange. So I looked at this commentary and this Bible teacher and did some digging and all. Does anybody know how that rock followed them? What I found out is most... A lot of them won't touch it in their comment, commentary. Secondly, I found out this, that those that did touch it said, well, it didn't really follow them. You know, it it, it just means everywhere they went, there was a rock. And I got to thinking about it. I thought, now wait a minute, let me think about this. So they believe that God supernaturally caused water to come out of a rock, but that He can't supernaturally make the rock follow them. I thought... I believe a rock could roll more than it could give water. (laughs) So I just decided, you know, everybody because there's different interpretations, I just decided to believe this, the rock followed them. The same rock. They They had a rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. The Bible said they had a cloud that followed them. They had a fire that followed them. They had a rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. And Paul said, We've drank, they, they drank out of that rock. They drank from that rock. Now here God says to Moses, He said, speak to it. Hallelujah. Speak to the rock. What does this talk? Well, He's simply saying, look, speak to the rock. It's like, it, and Paul said the rock, is." it was Christ. So if you want to put this together, it's speak to Jesus and water will come out of the rock. Now, Notice what Moses did. Verse 9. It says... Um, Moses took the rod from before the Lord. Uh, Moses took the rod, took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses, Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, "Here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock?" This is one of the few times Moses lost his cool. He, I mean, he just had it with these people, and understandably so, really. And Moses lifted up his hand and, and, and with his rod, and he smote the rock twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And now listen to this. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you believed me not. What does he mean, you you, you didn't believe me? You, you didn't believe me that you could just speak to the rock. You see, you have to back up. This this occurrence of this first happened in Exodus 17 when they were thirsty, and God said, take the rod, Strike the rock, water will come out of it. But this time when they needed water, he said, don't strike it, speak to it. And Moses evidently didn't believe speaking would work. And he struck it. Well, it's like striking Christ twice. See. Remember the Bible talks about crucifying him afresh again? See. And the Lord said, now this kind of seems harsh, but there's a type here. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, verse 12, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. God said, because you didn't believe the speaking would work, you're not getting into the land of promise. You're not going to get in. Remember, Moses begged God... <laughs> <laughs> Lord, please. And the Lord said, all right. He said, go up on, mount, on the mount. He said, I'll let you see it, but you're not going in. Can I tell you, those that don't believe in speaking, you're not going in. You're not going in. Not to the fullness that God has for you. Matter of fact, you can't even get into the kingdom without it. Remember that? That's Romans. We read that. See. See. Jesus said, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then he said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. For by your words you're justified, by your words you're condemned. How do you bring good things out of the heart? By what you say. How do you bring evil things out? By what you say. Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, destroy. Life, I have come that you might have life, and life more abundantly. John 10.10. That's Proverbs 18.21. Death and life. Death and life. What does he say? Death bringing Satan on the scene is in the power of the tongue. Life bringing Jesus on the scene is in the power of the tongue. It just depends on who you agree with. I'm going to agree with Jesus. I'm going to agree with Jesus. Now, does everything that I confess like happen tomorrow or the next day or the next? I wish it did. No, that's why the Bible talks about hold fast because some things don't happen as quickly as we'd like. Amen. If you're like me, you like things fast. Amen. You like things fast. Hallelujah. You get spoiled. You know, when you live as close to town as I do, you get spoiled, you know. I have friends they live way out in the country, you know some of them live so far out in the country they have to head towards town to go hunting. <laughs> That's out there, and so they get they get used to that but i i've i've I just live right on the edge of town, right on the very edge of the east side of Evansville right on the edge of town, you know it's like. You get used to that. You want things fast. But how many you know sometimes things in the spirit don't always happen overnight? And there's a lot of different reasons. The devil fights it. Sometimes we have to change. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, God has to grow us up and get us to a place where we're in a position to receive. A lot of things. But if you just stay with, if you just, just learn this, just say what God said about you. Amen. What do you say about me? Well, it's all in that book. It's all in that book. What do you say about my healing? He said, by his stripes, you were healed. That's what he said. It's in that book. It's in that book. Amen. What do you say about your finances? My God shall supply all my needs. It's in that book. What did he say about you? Are you Are the righteous God? Find out what he said about you. Then you say the same thing about you. And you'll have joy. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll have joy. Don't let other people name you. Right? Right? Yeah. Moses, the Bible says, when he, came, when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused that. You're not putting that title on me. Amen. He wasn't that any longer. He's God's deliverer. Amen. He had to say things different. Amen. Abram changed his name to Abraham. He had to talk to him. He had to say things different. What do we say? What are we saying? I, you know, if people have a problem with this message, and some people do, I don't, I don't understand you at all. I really don't. You're going to have to explain yourself to me. <laughs> I almost wasn't nice there. I started saying, you're dumb self. Uh, you have to explain yourself to me. How could saying what God said about you possibly be wrong? If God said it about you. What you need to do is find out what he said about you. And take that to your high priest. Take that in the Holy of Holies. Amen. There's like that one old preacher said, take that to the parking lot. Maybe I better explain that. (laughs) This one, (laughs) this this guy's, I think he's in heaven now, isn't he? Ernest. And he, not Ernest on TV. Ernest the preacher. <laughs> Somebody like, Ernest on TV. No, this is a preacher named Ernest. Somebody got in his line one time, and they were having problems with smoking, you know. So I mean, he popped him on the head. Power of God came on. He said, "Take that to the parking lot. Don't take your marble. Take the power of God to the parking lot. Amen. Yeah. Don't take what you got to the throne. Take what he said to the throne." And He'll be able to help you. He'll be able to come on the scene and help you. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank God for the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord is right. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.